What if I told you the negative things you hear from people, the negative things you see in the news and read in the paper may be having an effect on the way you live your life? Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 discusses how to combat this and gives the keys to a successful life. We discuss that with Dr. Daniels. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker here. Um, Before I bring Dr. Daniels on, please make sure that you go on SoundCloud.com and hit the subscribe button, like our page, and then therefore you will get notified when we upload a new podcast. As well as please, if you have a iTunes account, go on iTunes, subscribe so you get alerted also when we post a new episode. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Dr. Daniels. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Yes, we have got a really good show today. And the the topic is um, it's based off the text in the Bible, um, Psalms 1, um, verses 1 through 3. Can you give us a little bit of insight on that text? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in, in this particular uh, psalm, the, the psalmist is portraying a need for people to not just let life happen, uh, but to always be prepared for things that happen. And and what he does is he also says, you know, how to best approach that. Uh, so what the psalmist basically says is that a couple of things, and I'm going to paraphrase uh, for those who may not, um, you know, be very versed in in the scripture. He says that one is that, you know, we have to be careful where we get our advice from, number one, uh, and be careful who we hang around with, because the people that you hang around with are the people that you will start to emulate. And so as you move forward, what they do will impact you. Uh, And he also says that, so we ought to always be focused on a positive information getting into us. And of course, for the psalmist, he's saying that that should always be on from the word of God. But then he goes on to say something else, and that is that we ought to be meditating on that day and night. So what he, what he concludes is, is that it's not just enough to get good information, but we also have to take that information and always be thinking about that information and then use it for each day of our life so that uh, so at, at the close of every day, reflect on the good information you received and then look at how you can apply it the next day and, 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 and make that a continuous way of doing business. So life just doesn't happen to you. You uh, really have an opportunity to shape the life that you want. Yes. You know, and it's amazing. Like I said before, everything that's been written in countless times in leadership books, and self-improvement books is right there in the Bible, um, just cut and dry and simple. You know, some, you know, how do you always say um, what's common sense is not always common practice. You know, mm-hmm. so if you, if you take the information that you're getting or advice that you're giving or a way to do things that you're given by people or from people, even just observing people, and then you, you mm-hmm. think on it at night, you know, to say, okay, what, how can I utilize this in my situations to better myself. And then you wake up in the morning and then you apply it to see 
is this does this work or do I do it or does it need so a little bit more tweaking to fit in my situation? Right. You know, absolutely. And, you know, what 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 always is amazing to me uh, in, in both my professional life uh, when I was, um, you know, um, um, working as a manager, uh, but, but also in, in, in my in my walk as a pastor is how people um, apply things in their life. You know, if, if you think about it, for example, oftentimes we become that which we abhor, you know, and I think the reason for that is is, is just, you know, what, what the uh, the psalmist says, because, you know, again, when he says, you know, we are blessed if we don't hang around ungodly folk, if we don't you know, um, try to emulate those that are ungodly, those that are sinners, and if we don't do those kind of things, then he's saying, if you don't hang around them, you won't become them. But what I've noticed oftentimes, especially in, in the workforce, for example, we will dislike the way a manager manages us. But when we become a manager, we will use the same uh, uh, strategies that that manager used. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and primarily it's because of who we are hanging around with. And, and, you know, so that stuff kind of sinks into into you. So I think that's why the Bible says you you always want to, ref, you know, keep your distance from people who are, as the Bible classifies, ungodly and, and keep your distance from people who, you know, are, are, are not uh, kind hearted or, or who are not disciplined, who are not progressive, because you will you will become what they are, even if that's not what you want, because, you know, you assimilate. Uh, without even knowing it, and that's what you'll be. And that's important not just in the workplace, but that's important in your married life. That's important in in how you rear your children. In in all those aspects, it's important, uh, you know, because even without thinking, you'll start to do and you'll start to adopt those bad habits. And that's one of the reasons why I tell, you know, uh, married people, for example, um, if you want a happy marriage, don't hang around with a lot of single people. <laughs> And don't hang around with unhappy married people because right. all, all you get is the negative stuff, you know, hang around with people who are happily married, hang around, you know, hang around with people who, who, who are progressive and are, and are doing things. And, and, and when you, and when you, when you hang around those folk, uh, note what makes their life successful. And then, you know, as the scripture said, it's so simple. It's, it's astonishing how simple it is and how, how much we don't apply it is that don't let the next day happen to you. Plan for the next day based on what you have learned. So again, let's say for a married couple, for example, if you have recognized when you're hanging out with other married couples, let's say if you're, you're, you're the husband and you see how that husband treats his wife and you see the response that that wife gets, well, you know, and you notice that, you know, he does you know, little, little things for his wife and she's she's bubbly, she's happy. And it's obvious that she reciprocates, you know, that kindness to him. Well, then what you do that night is, as the scripture says, you meditate on that. You think about that, but you think about it and how you can apply that to your wife, because, you know, you can't just duplicate what that person does because your spouse is not that person's spouse. So the next day, that's what you do. You think about how I can apply it to my wife, how I can tweak it so it fits how we operate on a daily basis. And then the next day you apply that, you know, you, you, you do those little things that you know will make her happy, you know, what have you. And, and you'll see those positive results at all. So, and it works with your children. It works with every aspect of your life. 
if we take each evening and plan what we're going to do the next day, you know, each evening when you go to bed, think about how your day went, you know, and then plan for the next day, meditate on it, plan for the next day. And, and it, it just changes everything because then life doesn't happen to you. You create the life that you want and right. it just makes a world of difference. Right. Now, going back to what you were saying about the, um, the people that you hang around, it, it's, it's, it's amazing to me how often I see people that get stuck in a rut and then they come to me and they say, CB, I just don't understand why I'm not able to get ahead. And a lot of times I tell them, I said, I want you to write four or five names down of the closest people that's outside of your family mm-hmm. and then describe those people to me. And a lot of times it would be that they're in the same boat that they're in. And if you want to change the situation, sometimes you need to change your environment and the people that you're around. And, you know, and um, you just hit the nail on the head with marriages. And, you know, if you want to have a good marriage, you can't hang around single people. I can't tell you how many guys I know, Pastor, that they get married before their boys get married. And then they still want to hang out with the boys, you mm-hmm. know, and, and the guys want to do what single guys do. But you can't do that anymore. You know, you, you got to be at home. Oh, man, why, why you, you got a curfew? Yes. I need to be <laughs> home at a certain time. <laughs> yeah. Like me personally, I don't mind saying, hey, yes, I got to go home at a certain time because I got, I got respect for my wife. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and what you're saying is absolutely and it's right, right on, on point because, you know, again, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, going to go back to what the scripture says, you know, it says that, your delight has to be not in what the negative folk do, but your delight has to be in the law of the Lord. In other words, you learn to love, you know, the, the, the direction, the instruction that is positive, as opposed to always dealing with, you know, the, the opposite side of the fence. And so, again, you know, like I say, it's, it's so straightforward, it's so simple, but people have a difficult time putting it into practice. So that would suggest to me, you know, I have to understand something, and that is, that people who I'm around who are not progressing, who are not moving forward, um, the question one has to ask themselves is, why am I still gravitating toward them? Because if they're not able to get beyond where they are, how am I going to get beyond where I am by following them and and dealing with them? Um, But for some reason, and that this always has escaped me, is to why people don't see the obvious, you know, and, and to me, the obvious is, is that if I study proven success models, if I study them and then put what they did into practice, it will make a positive difference in, you know, in my life. And, and, and what the Bible says, too, is that if you do that, it, it notes that you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Uh, and, 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 and that, you, you know, you will always prosper, that you won't wither, whatever you do, so you'll prosper. Because when you follow that, um, that, that, that strategy, you know, when you follow that strategy, there are a couple of things that are happening. One, you're always minimizing your, uh, um, your weaknesses. Because if I look back on my day today, if I, you know, if I get at home at night and I look back on my day and I say, well, what did not work? You know, what were the things that caused me not to move forward or to, not to move closer to my goal? 
And so what I do know is what did not work, you know, but what I don't always know is what will work. So what the Bible says to me is if I have studied God's word, that there are countless examples in God's words of strategies that I can use, you know, to move forward in my life, you know, uh, and even though people don't view it that way, they are. If you look at the number of battles, for example, that um, God's people went through fighting enemies, there are certain tactics that are outlined in the Bible that says, if you do this, if you do this, you will, you will overtake your enemy or you'll be successful in, in, in coming against your enemy. And so if I use those strategies that are in there for, you know, for various things, and I say, well, I, I know why I didn't make it, yeah, but here's a strategy that, that, that God has laid out. Let me apply that strategy so that, that tomorrow, you know, I can overcome my weakness. The scripture says you're guaranteed to be uh, prosperous uh, because um, God knows what we need to do to be prosperous because he knows about us. And he also knows about those that are coming against us. Now, Pastor, I want to mention one thing, which is, now it's really a question. What if I don't want to apply it because I'm afraid of being alone? Like, you know, my friends are my friends. I've known them all my life. You know, I don't want to seem like I'm fake. I don't want to seem like I'm, you know, distancing myself from the guys I grew up with in the hood. Um, what do you say to a person that that thinks that way when they're contemplating better themselves? But if you're saying better than yourself might mean you might have to cut some people loose and they're apprehensive. What is your what is what is your thoughts or advice towards that? Well, again, you know, I guess my, my thing is is simple. The question is. Do you want to be prosperous? Do you want to succeed? You know, and and here's what we know, um, that everybody doesn't value success. You know, it, th- there are people that say they want success, but that doesn't mean they value success. And that's the key because people who value success understand a simple concept. I cannot be what I was if I'm going to be better than what I am. It's just straightforward, right. you know? So if that, that be the case, that means change has to take place in order for me to improve, you know, just by sheer definition, if I remain the same, I will always be the same. And so, you know, if a person is content with where they are, you know, I'm, I, Hey, if, if, if where you are, is where you content, then by all means, but see the scripture doesn't talk about, people who are trying to stay where they are. It's talking about people who are trying to always make sure that what they do prospers. There's some people that go through failure after failure after failure and, and, and never stop failing in what they do. Everything they lay their hands to, every venture they strike out on, it becomes a failure. And, 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 and okay, if that's what, brings you joy, then if failing brings you joy, failing brings you joy. But what this is talking about is people who want to prosper, people who want to be better, people who want to have a different take on life. And if you want that, you have to be willing to, to make a change. Yes. And, and making that change, as we've stated, and, and, and everybody has seen uh, firsthand is really, can, can be really difficult to do if your mind is not in the right place. Um, and you're not disciplined enough to be able to handle 
and, and follow the instructions, as you say, and that, that's in the Bible, that's pretty much guaranteeing you success. And I wonder, Pastor, is have you ever run across people that just seem to don't want success? What I run across people is who don't want to do what the Bible says to get success. Mm. You know, now I, you know, I can't say they don't want success, right. but I can say they don't want to do what the Bible says in order to get it. And what I think, uh, what I really think that is personally is that for some people, there are, there is a, they, they have a problem believing what the Bible says, even though they may be church going folk, but just because you go to church don't mean you have that belief system that if the Bible says it, it will actually work. You know, for some reason we, we, we have a belief system that says, if I love God and if I accept Jesus, I will get to heaven. You know, we can believe that, for example, you know, right. that we can stick with, that we can, we can go along with. But when the Bible says things like how to prepare for your future, you know, for example, when uh, Joseph was, um, you know, faced with the issue in, 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 with Pharaoh, uh, uh, how, uh, how do we, um, make sure that we have success in our future? You know, when, 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 when faced with all that stuff, you know, the answer was simple. He said, listen, they're going to be seven hard years, seven good years, and then seven bad years. So for the seven good years, what you need to do is you need to put away one fifth of everything that you get, Right. So, and, and that way, if you if you put away one fifth, that means, you know, four fifths is what you're dealing with. So if you take that same formula and you say, well, how do I plan for my future? That means I need to operate off only 80 percent of my income. And so that's what my lifestyle should be. Operate off 80 percent of my income. Now, uh, with a scripture that was suggested to me, OK, so then I tie 10 percent and that means 10 percent I, I go into savings. Well, most people are uncomfortable with that concept. They believe in going to heaven, but they won't believe in putting that part into practice. And so they don't save money. They don't prepare for their future. Where if you practice that concept, let's say you started when you was old, 25. About 35, you have a minimum of one year salary saved up. And that doesn't include interest. That's just just what you saved up. And the average person doesn't have one year salary saved up. You know, the average person doesn't. Right. But that's a simple program to get that saved up. And so for many people, if you did that for, let's say, 15 years, you could buy a house and pay cash for it. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Uh, but, but, right. But see, but we don't apply that kind of stuff, even though it's so simple, it's so straightforward, it's a proven practice and it works and it's biblical. Yeah. And I have to also say that me personally, even I've went against some of the things that um, that pastors, you know, other churches I've you know gone to and listened to what them what they said when I was younger, you know, and I kind of just blamed it on you know immaturity or mm-hmm. ignorance, you know. It's like, well, I'm not about to do that, you know. That makes no sense. That's okay, but okay, I do that. But um, I, like for instance, I never I never forget I was sitting at home one time and I was uh, watching Creflo Dollar, and you know he was on his one of his um. Uh, uh, financial 
um, sermons on TV. And he was saying, mm-hmm. if you're tied to the church, you're guaranteed to get a blessing. I, and he said, I do one better. I tell you that God is obligated to bless you. I was mm-hmm. like, obligated. I said, okay. I said, you just told me he was all powerful. That I will make him bless me. So that's you know that's the way I was you know thought about what what uh, Pastor Dollar was saying. I was uh, like, okay, I don't really fully understand that, but of course, I'm not sitting in a room with him. I'm not able to ask any questions. So because of that, it turned me off from anything mm-hmm. dealing with situations like that going forward. Dealing with any other pastors or ministers that I you know came in. Uh, came in uh, touch with. So, sure. you know, so those are the things that I, I always find that, okay, but now when I get to the Enoch Baptist Church, mm-hmm. my pastor, which is yourself, Dr. Michael G. Daniels tells me, hey, I tell you what, just do it for one month. Mm-hmm. And if you're, and if you're, if you're hurting after that one month and you can't make it, all right. But if you're better off, keep on doing it. You know. Absolutely, yeah, and it's and, you know when you think about it, and I you know I say this too, you know, that, and that's what a, a instructor when I was in seminary, you know, he, now I'll say it real fast because I know how, how you know our time is, you know, we have time constraints. When I was in seminary, uh, there was an instructor that that told me he said that he was pastoring a church, it was a small church, and that um, he had taught on tithes, and he said that he just really you know put out one of those you know uh, you all just won't do what the Bible says, and that, you know, just was going at him, you know, on tithing. And he said that, you know, about two days later, the chairman of the trustee board came to him and said, well, pastor, you teaching tithing, but I just noticed you don't tithe. And he said he kind of brussed, you know, you know, had a little attitude and said to the trustee, well, if y'all would pay me like y'all supposed to pay me, then I could tithe. And the trustee said, well, we can't pay you like that because people ain't tithing yet. And so, you know, he's kind of caught in the middle, right? And so the trustee said, but I'll tell you what I do. Pastor, if you will just show the leadership, if you are tithe, because that's what people are coming back saying, that you don't tithe. If you will tithe, I will promise you this. Anytime that you find yourself with a problem, just come to the store. The guy managed the roses. He said, come to the store, get whatever you need, and, and we'll do it that way because I, I want you to be our leader. I want you to show that thing. Right. He said, so he decided to do it. He said, about maybe four years go by, and uh, I don't remember the exact number of years, but he said some years go by. He said he's sitting in his study, and him and the trustee are talking, and all of a sudden he says this warm feeling hit him, and he just was just crying, bawling like a baby. And the trustee said to him, hey, what's what's up? You know, what's going on? Why are you crying? He said, something just dawned on me. He said, when God told me to tithe and that he would take care of me, I didn't trust him. When you told me to tithe and told me to come to roses, I trusted you. <laughs> right. He said, and the reality is I've never had to come to your store and get anything since I started tithing. Right. So it didn't matter about the number of dollars y'all paid me. It really mattered about the faith I told y'all to have that I didn't have myself, you know, and that kind of always stuck with me. And that's just one instance of it, you know. And even if you look at I look at things like marriage, like you're talking about that, you know, with single folk and married folk, you know, and that kind of thing. Even if you look at marriage, for example, you know, there's a scripture that says that we should not be unequally yoked. Um, and, and also the Bible teaches us how to get how to how to select a spouse and you know, all those kind of things. 
Well, we don't select spouses the way the Bible says select a spouse. You know, we don't look for people who are, I'm going to say, don't be unequally yoked. We don't look for people that compliment us per se. You know, we have our own value system, whether it be the way you look, you know, or, you know, whatever that value system is. And so it is not about finding someone that compliments us per se. It's about finding someone that meets some value system that we have. And so what we find is we do deal with people who are not, who, who, are unequally, you know, situated for us and to right. us. And so we don't follow that God's guide, you know, for finding somebody because God's guide for finding somebody is not based on an emotional entrapment, which is what we look for. You know, that, oh, I love you. I could eat you up kind of thing. Right. So therefore I want to marry you. Well, God's guide is, no, you find someone that compliments you so that you all have the similar future planning. Y'all have similar goals. Y'all have similar this, similar that. And so that's how the Bible says we should find a spouse. Well, if you think about it, if you found a spouse that fitted you that way, you could deal with them a lot longer than one that you just loved, who but yet was doing nothing <laughs> to help you meet your goals. That's right. You know? right. Uh, but so we don't even, we don't follow it for marriage. We don't follow it for you know, child rearing for a whole host of things we don't follow it for. And, you know, and, and again, but that's what this first Psalm is telling us is that, that that's where our problems lie in that we don't take the, the, the everyday, this is how you live your life teachings of God and, and make them pertinent in our everyday life. We fall back to the people that we are around. You know, mm -hmm. we, we, our child rearing is not based on the Bible for the most part. And we wonder why our kids, are in the state they're, that they're in, in school, and, you know, all those kind of things. Right, and, and now that subject is a whole nother, that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast right there, who is parenting, uh, the Bible style of parenting, I should say. Um, mm -hmm. So we, we've covered a whole lot of um, good information here um, from dealing with how to handle being successful, wanting to be successful, who should be, uh, on the boat, who should be off the boat. And I always said, tell people, if you're with four miserable people, you're number five, mm -hmm. you know, right. just by default. <laughs> but now with me saying that statement, Pastor, the super saints out there that go out there and I'm going to go save the world and they're dealing with the miserable people. How do they get out of doing that without being sunk down into a low space or in that low environment themselves. So I'm, I'll make sure I understand your, your question. So let's say if I'm someone who is trying to make a difference in, in, in the world and, and where I'm going is a place that I feel with people who may be in difficult conditions. It could be, you know, gangbangers. It could be, right. you know, uh, drug dealers, all this kind of thing. Right. How do I handle that? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, again, you know, a Psalm 1 is a song, okay? Um, because here's what it says. It says, blessed is the man that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. So what that means is, is that what I'm not listening to their lifestyle as being the one that I want to emulate. I'm not getting advice from them, you know? Gotcha. So, which is different from if I'm married and hang around with single guys, because married guy hang around with single guys will often listen to the single guys. We'll take that counsel from the single guy. You know, when the single guy says, man, if I was you, I wouldn't let that woman tell me what to do. You got to be crazy. You grown. 
you ain't got to come home at 11 o'clock. You stay out and hang out all you want, you know. So that's taking counsel. Uh, but, but if I'm out on a missionary journey, it is unlikely that I will take counsel, you know, from, you know, those kind of folk. And, and again, when it says sit it, standeth in the way of sinners, it means that, you know, you all now are doing what they do, that you, you know, standing in their way, meaning you're in the same road that they're on. So even if I'm out counseling game bankers, then I'm not going to become a game banger. I'm not going to do the same thing they do. Uh, and, but what I am going to do is I'm going to always be meditating on God's word and saying, okay, based on what God has put in me, how can I take that and persuade them to come to my side? How can I, you know, move them over here? What, 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 what things can I do? So I'm, I'm going to always be focusing on what the scripture says and how I walk each day. And I'm not going to be taking what they tell me as the way that I should go. And, and that's a common thing. I can tell you, you know, that oftentimes I'm confronted with, with individuals um, that will try to convince me that Christianity is not the, uh, the, the way to, to, to fight an enemy, you know, right. for the better, better. They say, you're crazy. You, you want to show love to folk that dog you out and da, 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 you know, these, these kind of things. And, and I'm saying to them, showing love does not mean you stomping on my head. <laughs> that's not showing. That's not, that's not, that's what it means. I'm showing you love to let you walk all over top of me. Right. Just because I'm kind doesn't mean I'm a weak person, you know, that those kind of things. And so I'm not taking their counsel. You know, I'm not trying to fight fire with fire. You know, I'm, I'm using a strategy that the Bible has taught me, and, and, and which is I don't need fire to fight fire. I'm going to put water on you. <laughs> you know, the thing is, how do I, how do, you know, the Bible says, for example, a, a soft answer turneth away wrath, you know. So if you're cursing at me, I don't need to curse back at you. It's going to elevate it, you right. know. But if right. I can give you a soft answer, you know, it's going to calm you down. And I can get my point across with a soft answer, just like I can get my point across with a harsh answer. Because the, the what I'm trying to get across is not the venom in my voice, but I'm trying to get across the idea. And the idea will be heard better if the answer is one that is, you know, soft and pleasing to your ear. Then if it's one where, you know, I'm upsetting you because I'm using profanity while I'm talking to you. Right. Well, a lot of good information here, Pastor. Thank you so much for joining us today on Everyday Strong Podcast. Is there anything you'd like the, the listeners to know that you're working on in the next couple of weeks? Well, uh, you know, th- this is uh, we're, we're coming into the uh, season where, you know, it's our, our, you know, Easter season. And, and, and so we can celebrate the uh, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And and I, I just want to say to our listeners that that symbolizes a, a new beginning, uh, a time for refreshing, a time to reflect and become new. So I would just say to all, all of our listeners, sometimes we oftentimes think that um, um, because of where you are, it's hard to start a new beginning. But I'm just going to say as we enter into the spring season, uh, this is the perfect time to assess where you are and get a new beginning and, and step out and become greater than what you did. All right. Thank you, Pastor. And thank you, listeners. Till next time. 